going into this football season or any previous season for that matter, I think I would have said under zero circumstance would I be okay watching an 0-16 season from the New York Jets. Like, like I thought I would have celebrated a win no matter what. Been so relieved about avoiding 0-16 that grabbing a win would have outweighed anything else. But for so long now, this year, I had resorted to the fact that 0-16 was going to happen. That 0-16 was likely going to happen. And not only was it was it likely going to happen, but it was the right thing for the Jets. And the necessary thing for this franchise to build a winning team. I didn't care about being on the wrong side of history. I didn't care about losing every game. I didn't care about being remembered as maybe the worst team ever. In football, I was convinced the Jets were getting the number one pick. And I was convinced that they needed the number one pick going forward. Like that's, that's all that mattered. And now, literally everything that we knew, everything we were positive about for the, the last two months, everything we were sure that was going to happen with the Jets this offseason, every move and every change that we thought they were going to make is now a question mark. Because of what happened against the Los Angeles Rams. Gase was gone. Darnold was gone. Trevor Lawrence was coming in. A new quarterback, new head coach. A franchise restart with a generational quarterback was on tap for the Jets. And now we have no idea what's going to happen this offseason. Because of a 17-point upset. And how ridiculous is it that the Jets are 17-point underdogs. They shock the world. They play a legitimately solid game on both sides of the ball, and the fan base has to be upset about it. Because we were trained to root for losing this season. We were told that the the Messiah was on his way to New York from Clemson. But at the same time, we forgot that we were making a deal with the devil because we were rooting for our team to lose. We convinced ourselves that it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to root for the Jets to lose. It's for the best. It's for the future. But we made a deal with the devil. We rooted for our team to lose. And the devil spurned us. Shocking. You shouldn't trust the devil. And on top of all of it, I got knocked out of my knockout pool in, in week 15 because the worst team in the history of football won a as a 17-point underdog against the Rams. Whether they finish 1-15, 2-14, or 3-13, everything is on the table right now in terms of what the future of the New York Jets looks like. Adam Gase could come back. It, it, it's, not, it's not completely outrageous anymore to think that maybe... Christopher Johnson or Woody Johnson, whoever's going to be running the Jets in the offseason, maybe they will decide, you know what, they're smarter than the rest of us. They're going to bring Adam Gase back just to prove everybody wrong. I'd say more than likely at this point, the the way things look like right now, it's more than likely that Sam Darnold is the Jets quarterback next year. And we, for, for so long, we were so confident. And so it was a foregone conclusion that Darnold was out and Trevor Lawrence was in. And now I think it's the favorite that Sam Darnold would be the quarterback of the Jets next year. And here we were like, we were hoping that maybe they could just boost his value a bit at the end of the year. 
maybe get a second round draft pick, maybe ship him to San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis as a reclamation project. But now we're legitimately staring at the possibility of needing to sell ourselves on him still being a franchise quarterback for the Jets and for their future. Last week, it was the worst team in the history of football, the biggest quarterback bust that the Jets have ever had, a head coach that made Rich Kotite seem somewhat competent, and and now we're, we're looking at all those things and staring at the possibility of, of no change in terms of the quarterback and head coach going into next season. And here's this is what I also need to see, because now... Now Trevor Lawrence is the favorite to go to the Jaguars. It looks like the Jaguars are are likely going to get the number one pick. Things can still change. But I I need to see headlines and stories being written about that that says that Trevor Lawrence doesn't want to play in Jacksonville. Because that narrative the last few weeks, that was being written about Trevor Lawrence and the Jets. That Lawrence would rather go back to Clemson than play play for the Jets, which which is such BS. It's such an anti-New York narrative, such a Manish Mehta-style clickbait article and headline. The idea that Lawrence would would refuse coming to New York when he had no idea what the team was going to look like next year, who the coach was going to be, how they were going to be constructed. The idea that he wouldn't want to be in a large market. The king of the city is just so ignorant. And now now that Jacksonville is in line for the number one pick, the narrative of him wanting to return to Clemson, is is it just going to be erased? Because Jacksonville is that much of a better place to be? Because Jacksonville is such a better spot than New York because the Jaguars are such a historic franchise. The Jaguars are are so much better at developing quarterbacks, better at building winners, better at creating stars and heroes and icons than the New York Jets would be. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they want to play half half their home games in London. The Jaguars are one of the most bland and boring franchises in the NFL. The Jaguars are overshadowed by the Florida Gators and just sitting an hour away from them. No matter what Trevor Lawrence does in Jacksonville, no matter what the Jaguars do, they're never going to pass the Gators. Lawrence would never be more popular than Tim Tebow. A second-class league, second-class sport, second-class team, second-class celebrity. If Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville, that doesn't happen in New York. So I I get that the Jets are inept. They are. But you you can't sell me on the idea of Lawrence being psyched about the Jaguars because it certainly isn't better for his brand to go to Jacksonville. And for, for this era of athlete, every superstar in every sport is worried about their brand outside of the sport that they play, worried about setting themselves up for retirement. To have a production company when they're done playing. A tech investment. Business interests. That that could get them closer to being a billionaire than just a millionaire. So if if you're going to talk about the idea that Trevor Lawrence might want to return to Clemson because he's afraid of the Jets. That same article needs to be written about Lawrence and the Jaguars. I I don't want to see that narrative just now completely erased. Because Jacksonville is in line for the number one overall pick. Let's take a quick break on the Brandon Gontis Jets podcast back after this. It it really, it bothered me that Frank Gore got 23 touches in this game. 23 carries and 59 yards for the 37-year-old running back on on a 1-13 team. Laughable. 
And like, I, I don't mind that he's still on the team. I I do have an incredible amount of respect for the type of player that he is. Um, and I think I've been consistent about that through last offseason when the Jets signed him and, and throughout this year, as much as I've complained about the the usage that, that Frank Gore has, has gotten on this team. And I, I even I have a ton of amount of respect for his drive to win and uh his drive to avoid the having the 0-16 mark on his playing resume. But he he can't be getting 23 carries on this team. He 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 can't still be the feature running back when you have a 23-year-old speedster and Ty Johnson on the roster. And for weeks, I had I had said that it does not matter that Adam Gase was still the head coach of this team. But I think the biggest detriment to having not fired him yet is the fact that he doesn't care about developing players. He cared only about avoiding 0-16, which I understand. And no matter who the head coach is right now, whether it was Gase or Dowell Loggins or Jim Bob Cooter, I think they'd be trying to win. But it's more likely that you could convince the interim coach to try to win while prioritizing touches for Ty Johnson and prioritizing targets for Denzel Mims and making sure that while you're trying to win, you're also making a focus of developing young players. Gase doesn't do that, which is why Frank Gore is a bell cow back at the age of 37 on a team fighting for the, the top pick and a reboot on their franchise. I think one of the things that we also we need to kind of figure out is like as as we grew to assume that Trevor Lawrence was going to be a Jet, we also grew to assume that Darnold was going to be traded, rightfully so, and and not just be traded, but he that the fact that he was likely going to become a successful quarterback elsewhere. I I, I don't think a lot of us were expecting that if he got traded, he would be out of league in two years. We thought that he was going to go to another franchise. They were going to use him as a reclamation project, and they were probably going to get a, a full decade of a, a successful quarterback out of him. Maybe not a, a top five quarterback, but they were going to get somebody that they could win with. Maybe he's not going to be as successful as Trevor Lawrence, but he could still go have a 10-year run on another franchise. He's only 23 years old. So I'm now I'm trying to figure out, did, did we get to that assumption based on the talent that we've seen out of Darnold? in three seasons or did we get to that assumption based on the fact that it's just uh, that that same old Jets narrative that same old Jets kind of move trade a quarterback and watch him succeed elsewhere now it didn't it didn't happen with Mark Sanchez aside from a few good games that he had with the Eagles uh, in his first season away from the Jets it didn't happen with Geno Smith but there is an assumption there's a confidence that it's going to happen with Darnold and I think it's it's for a couple of reasons. I think that there is some trust in the pre-draft scouting report for Darnold. I think there's an there's an attractiveness about the fact that he is only 23 years old. There's been a few stretches in his three-year tenure here where he looked solid. There's been a few plays where he looked exceptional. And then there's also, there's certainly that understanding that it's not all his fault that it hasn't worked out yet. The, the, the Jets did a really Really, really bad job of building around him. But if we're convinced that Darnold can go elsewhere and, and turn into that 10-year quarterback somewhere, if he has that ability in him, well then, can it happen here with a stud right tackle to go opposite Mekhi Becton? And maybe a number one wide receiver to pair with Mims and maybe Crowder. 
can the Jets find the right head coach to lead the organization in, in the right direction and in tune give some give Darnold some stability and the ability to develop? Look, there's absolutely going to be a team in this league that they're going to look at what Darnold did against the Rams and say, that's a 23-year-old quarterback that I could win with. If he could do that on one of the worst teams historically in the National Football League, then imagine what he could do on a, a competent team. And the idea that that team could be the Jets is not crazy because if the Jets end up with the number two overall pick, and look, when something as shocking as the Jets beating the Rams happens, it kind of makes you realize that anything can happen. Like, the Jets could beat the Browns. They could beat the Patriots. They can tack on more wins to the season. But similarly, the Jaguars can beat the Bears next week. The Bears offense and Mitch Trubisky has at times looked like a bad enough team to, to lose to everybody. The Jaguars could also beat the Colts in Week 17, especially if the Colts have a playoff spot and seating locked up and they decide to rest their starters. That is a possibility. So right now, it feels like the Jets are headed for the second pick. But I will acknowledge the possibility that it, it can change before the season is over. But if they do get that second pick, Justin Fields is very much a top prospect. He's not viewed as the generational quarterback like Lawrence is. But in another year, he would absolutely be considered the top pick in the draft. So do the Jets take fields? Or do they buy into what most Jet fans believe? That Darnold has the ability to be a 10-year quarterback somewhere. So let's trade the number two pick, get a ton of assets in return, and try to build a good team around what may be a slightly above-average quarterback in Sam Darnold. Maybe he's a little bit better. But maybe at a minimum, we consider him slightly above average, having the ability to be slightly above average if he is treated correctly and built around correctly. You can win with a slightly above average quarterback. Jared Goff is a slightly above average quarterback, and he went to a Super Bowl. Nick Foles isn't really even slightly above average, and he won a Super Bowl. At this point, I'm not sure that Drew Brees is any better than average. Doesn't mean the Saints aren't Super Bowl contenders with him. But, like, the Dallas Cowboys are, are such a confused organization right now. Are they really going to give Dak Prescott $200 million this offseason? Could you not see Jerry Jones taking the call from the Jets about, about trading up to get Justin Fields and letting Prescott walk in free agency? Fields for the, the Cowboys' top pick this year, their first rounder next year, maybe two other number twos? I, I don't think that's a reach. And one thing I don't want in return is Ezekiel Elliott. And there was some talk about that last week, that the Jets maybe trade a second rounder for Elliott. Did we not just see what happened with Le'Veon Bell? The idea of the Jets making that same mistake twice in three three years is a joke. I don't want another team's running back. I don't, I don't want a head coach that can't develop. So that means I don't want Ezekiel Elliott. I don't want Adam Gase returning. And I don't want Bill Cowher either. The fact that I, I have to even say I don't want Adam Gase returning is disgusting. Legitimately, a person that might never get another coaching opportunity in NFL ever again. But we need to be worried about the, the Jets keeping him as their head coach, potentially. Yuck. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Goddard's Jets podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. 
be happy, be healthy, be kind, be a Jaguars fan. And as always, big up.